Welcome to Design Truth. Me and Win are back and we are chatting all about imposter syndrome with life coach Susan Walbrook. Love to hear your thoughts on this, so do not hesitate to track us down on the socials. See you on the other side. Welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Obviously, thanks thank for joining you. us I'm, on. I'm, I'm honoured to be here, and, and thank you okay. for um, yeah having me here. That's okay. I think we're like the third best, most listened to podcast in Panama or something like that. So you know, it's oh, quite really? a, yeah, it's quite That's an honour to be here. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think we're kind of like one of three, but we're kind of third, and we're happy to take it. To be honest, well, uh, it's lovely to be talking to the you know industrial design industry. It's um, yeah, it's all the industrial designs all very new to me, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 loving you folks. Um, yeah, very different from my industry, which was fashion, but creative all in all. Yeah, great. It's great for you to be here, actually. I think I remember when probably just a drink with Win at one point over the last kind of couple of years or so, and we were at the time it was always about people bringing bringing people onto the podcast and actually part of that was actually bringing on people that aren't actually involved in industrial design at one point or another whether whether that's in the world of business whether that's in the world of mm. any kind of other creative discipline i think sometimes like any walk of life it's can be a bit of an echo chamber at times kind of so it's nice just to bring in outside yeah, people and outside experts yeah, and and, yeah. um, and that's where you've you've kind of come in to to keep keep brief i suppose but to the people that don't know who you are, Susan, who are you? And I'm sure you've I'm sure you've nailed down the pitch by now. But you know, yeah, you yeah. So I'm Susan. I am um, well. I'm 26 years in the fashion industry. Was where I was from. Yeah. So what I do now is very, very different from uh, my creative. Um, yeah, where I was before. So um, I'm now um, a certified life coach, but I I specialize in imposter syndrome and negative self talk. Mm because I suffered crippled with it throughout my creative career and four years ago I burnt out I fell off the perch from my um 26 years in the fashion industry and I was there I was on in the doctor's surgery on a Monday morning um literally I had burnt burnt out that that he'd signed me off and um it was the first time in my entire life I was, um, my body was telling me I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. I was commuted into London. I had an amazing career and I thought, well, I'll just take the two weeks sick. Um, went back into it and handed him a notice of 20 year amazing career on paper looked amazing. Um, and, and it was, but I was crippled with imposter syndrome and negative self-talk so I didn't enjoy the career as much as one should have and Mm. in the end it burnt me out yeah and um I then went on to I had amazing therapy after deciding to leave the industry I thought I was just going to take a couple of months off but actually I took an entire year out and um really worked on myself as I say went straight into therapy and because suddenly I I wasn't this title anymore. I wasn't this 
person in the design industry anymore. I didn't know who I was. And it was time that I needed to go and sort out my imposter syndrome and the negative self-talk. So I spent an entire year working on that. Hmm. And um, it was the, the best year I could ever have given my life, um, myself, the best gift I could ever have given. And I um, went on to then study to become a life coach because of everything that I have worked on on myself, I thought, I know that there must be hundreds of creatives out there that felt like I did. And I need to go back and sort this out within the industry hmm. because it's a, like a silent, it's a stigma. It's a people don't want to talk about it because they fear of maybe losing their job or admitting that they feel that they're not good enough, that they have an inner critic telling them that they're not good enough. It's not something people kind of talk about, but actually seven out of 10 professionals suffer with it at some point in their life. Hmm. And within the creative industry, it's rife. Yeah. Have now worked with a lot of people as my clients, it's pretty rife. And I want to lift the lid of it. And that's my my passion. My mission is to get more creators talking about it, get agencies talking about it, get people on podcasts talking about it, because it is people suffer with it in silence and yeah. don't need to. Yeah, it was it was, it was, surpri- it was surprising, actually, just for a bit of context, people that are listening. So he's actually came recommended to to me from from a from a client um directly so work that you're already doing within kind of the industrial design world and they kind of said that the work you're doing is really really good um on mm-hmm. on a kind of individual indivi- both an individual and a and a team level and just off the back of that we put a couple of things out on our on our instagram over the last couple of days and things and just kind of we're talking about this topic and you know what's the you know what what are your feelings around it and you know, yeah, s- yeah. some simple yes no questions and you're right I think for within the, the design truth community per se it was about just over ninety percent of people felt that yeah. they kind of had a, a level of imposter yeah. syndrome just for people yeah. that aren't aware or you know even just for for myself as much as anything what is it what exactly is imposter syndrome mm. if we just take it to, to its base level yeah, yeah, yeah. so so I deal with people that have imposter syndrome and negative self talk because they're kind of work... are they two are they two different things or they they're very similar so okay. negative self talk well that's your that's your inner critic. Mine, I, I often say to my clients, mine, sit, mine sits on my shoulder and it just kind of constantly is, is talking to me all day long. You know, we actually talk to ourselves the most. Yeah, we're talking to ourselves all the time. And the negative self-talk is coming from that inner critic that's constantly you know, warning you, telling you it's a self-sabotage. Um, you know, I can't do that. We're, we're in a, um, people that suffer with it really bad negative self-talk, you know, our default mindset is always to think of something negatively and not positively. It's our default. It's our, mm. it's kind of our comfort zone. We kind of quite like being in it because it's all we've known. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that negative self-talk is um, everything generally is a mindset of uh, – you know, uh, it, it's not it's not going to work for me. It's not going to happen today. Um, everything's going to go wrong. 
you're just you're just not good enough it's that you know it's that sabotaging that that you wouldn't treat your anyone else with other than yourself you know it's really cruel stuff that you're talking about Mm. and then imposter syndrome is slightly different most people suffer with the negative self-talk as well so that's why I treat both but imposter syndrome is you know if I was to read out the definition is the persistent inability to believe one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. So you actually feel that um, you're not worthy enough to be whatever it is, that person, that job, Mm. that project that you're on, that everyone else is better than me. So why on earth have I been chosen to do it? I can't believe it's a fluke is, is it because somebody didn't turn up today why 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 they're giving it to me and you're not deserving enough of having that position or that project or that job and the the biggest one is like when will they find out that's not honestly so that one is um is when you truly truly believe that you are not good enough or worthy enough or deserving enough to be it. No matter how many times somebody might say, but you are, you've, you know, you're, you're here because we want you to be here. You're here because you are worthy and deserving enough. You don't feel it. And, you know, it gets worse if, as you climb the career ladder, as you get promoted, you're like, I still don't believe that they haven't found out yet that I'm not <laughs> up and they've just given me a promotion. Yeah. And then it starts to get, get even worse as you, as, as I say, as you get up the career ladder. So I treat both because normally people that have imposter syndrome have the negative self. Is, is that is that the first leading kind of? Yeah. If you look at the if you look at the root cause or the pathway yeah. of getting you imposter get the syndrome, negative it, chatter. it starts I mean, with that and leads on to something a bit it. more serious. Yeah. yeah, and then it leads on on onto that. So that that's the kind of difference. But the imposter syndrome is you truly believe you are not worthy and deserving mm. enough for what you know that job that project or whatever and when will they find out yeah do you want to jump in when at a in terms of from your colleagues you're a design leader to a certain extent when and things and in in charge of other people's careers and stuff so what's your kind of take on it all yeah i mean it's it's such an interesting topic um and i think i'm Equally, just looking forward to hearing more about what Susan's got to say from a, as a from an expert's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've certainly felt it in the past. Um, you know, you you don't you can't put your finger on it, but then um, when you look back at it, you kind of go, "Oh my god, that what was I doing at that time? And why was I saying things to myself where I didn't believe?" and um, but I, yeah, I've reflected on, you know, I think I've had kind of one, two, three, four, fifth, five kind of big kind of career steps um, since leaving university. Um, mm. And I think I've reflected on each one of them this afternoon. Again, I could talk about them all day, but I think when I've looked, thought through all of them, the the leap has been um, something that you've felt courageous about doing, but then there is an element of kind of going which i guess is kind of 
my thoughts around the whole topic really is it's it's a step into for me sometimes it's a step into learning mm. and and it's not necessarily for me sometimes about uh the negative but just almost kind of going oh this is a, this is an opportunity to learn yeah. um so but then i think you know i'd have felt back at maybe not just that threshold moment of going to a new position or, yeah. or a new role yeah. but but more how i felt at at difficult times in a role where yeah. um you know one particular time I was uh, a lecturer and and I was a kind of what they call an early career lecturer and you know there's people rocking around with PhDs there's professors and you know it was hard for me at the points at that time to kind of recognize myself as being um accepted uh but but i was employed for a reason and and i think it was hard for me to kind of being a competitive person um i've got a good a heck of a sports background so <laughs> for me that a point where where me wanting to be as good as those people uh and if not be better i mean you know if that's a part of that mindset to a certain extent is was then finding that was a difficult thing to achieve and then that that was wearing me down. If I'm yeah. being completely yeah. honest, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the whole the whole topic is yeah. is, is mass massively interesting, massively mm-hmm. interesting. So my um, describe when I go in to do talks, um, it's when I actually talk about my experience and what how that presented itself in me and my body that people then go, oh my god, that's what I get. Yeah. So when I go and do my talks, I this is this is what I love. I love going into agencies and 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 on the honest conversations that I have, and about myself. So I would stand at the at the train station every morning commuting to work, and the minute I woke up from you know from my sleep, I would instantly have the inner critic telling me that today is going to go wrong. Now that happened every day. I can't believe there was a day that went by that that didn't happen. So the inner critic, as soon as I, I opened my eyes, something's going to go wrong. Today. Not a pleasant, not a pleasant journey either. We're both from Dan no. Kent, aren't we? And no, that doesn't, doesn't help, right. does it? You know, the, crowd, the crowded yes. train, you're next to someone's armpit. You know, it's not yes. going to help. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I would be already, and people that have negative self-talk, they would. This will completely resonate with them. And I'm already chatting to myself. Yeah, I'm getting in the shower. I'm already, nothing's positive. Yeah, mm. nothing I'm telling myself is positive. So you can you imagine already you've woken up and you're already saying these things to yourself and, you know, you haven't even got dressed yet and you've already started it off. And mm. then I explain it. It's like you take something down a rabbit hole, right? Something, a thought comes in and then you take it on a journey. Yeah. Mm. So instead of going, oh God, that's not true. I'm not even going to give it five minutes of my time. No, people with negative self-taught, something comes into her head. And then instead of like looking at it going, well, is that true or not? You know, Oh no, we'll take it on the complete journey. We've worked, we've gone on it, we've taken it, we've we've added some more things to it as well that, that haven't happened yet. Because we're so good at 
like forecasting how bad that day is going to go that we're it, we're it's already in our mind we're play we're playing it out we've already played out lunchtime we've played out the awful meeting that you're going to have with your boss um we've added a few more beliefs about ourselves because we are shocking at our job we're not good enough so we're going to add we're going to add that in and then we're going to add in the thing that somebody said to me when I was um at university 25 years ago so I'm going to as well. I love that one in because I've not got rid of that belief yet. So I believe it, and then so, it snowballed. Yeah. And, and from a point of view of of a, of a type of person, um, like, do, do you feel it is a, a not a creatives only, but like, how do you kind of where do you feel this kind of spikes in terms of how people feel like this? Um, so. Generally, statistics say that seven out of 10 in general have it. I believe creatives have it even more so um, because there isn't in our creative job. One plus one is two in accountancy. And that's it. It's two. It's not three or four in with creatives. It's just an open anybody can say I like it or I dislike it. There's no right or wrong. Mm -hmm. So when we come, you know, as creators, we go through art college and we have those. To me, I got my imposter syndrome and negative self-talk around art college because the tutors were there to, uh, when I went, to kind of break you down, Mm. critique tell you what's wrong and then but then somebody else might like it so you never really knew the right answer but if you were somebody that had that negative inner critic it really was a very confusing um state of mind if you didn't understand what your actual mind was doing to you so now i understand what the mind was doing to me um I can now I can now work through them. And that's what I work through with with my clients. But at the time, it's just a very confusing period of you don't really know whether it's right or wrong. So people that have that negative mindset, they will default to that it's wrong. Mm. All the time. Mm. That's the default. That that's mm. what it is. I suppose, when I actually, somebody might think it's absolutely beautiful what you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I suppose at that point in your life is all you're also growing up as you're you know a young yeah. adult to a certain extent. And yeah. I can imagine yeah. if as you get older, I mean you do kind of you we're all creatures of habit, right? So if, if that was your default stance when you were younger, it's something you're gonna still take with you now. So absolutely. And this is actually, Brad, that's a really good thing because actually the biggest the biggest Um, thing that you need to do and identify once you're aware that you are this type of person and you do suffer with with an inner critic um it's actually um it's your it's the computer you know your brain's a computer and between your um in in the womb to seven the um the whole computer system the program that we put in it 
is um what we then play out in our future in in you know afterwards so whatever as a child we've been told you're not worthy enough deserving enough or whatever um we we take that in it's it, it it's it's what we then believe mm. that us to have in our future and we we take that on and those beliefs and we kind of cling on to them for yeah. the rest of our lives when we don't need to. They're beliefs that we don't need to have, but our surroundings have enabled us to take those beliefs on. So yeah. the biggest thing is what we program in, we just keep pressing play on that program yeah. and we keep pressing play on that negative record that we've had for so long because it's our it's quite a safe place to keep pressing that record. And actually we need to train the brain to think um, more positively. And that's one of the biggest things that you need to do to can, actually switch it. I can imagine that's a bit of a challenge, right? Cause even just thinking on a, thinking a bit more broadly, not necessarily just about creators in general, but just sometimes kind of being positive or being confident, sometimes the natural stock answer is arrogance to a certain degree yes. so yes. i can see why people go down the the you know i've certainly I've certainly done it and you know even probably on a weekly basis to a certain extent but just that kind of idea of being positive i i mean i don't like taking praise for example so yeah, um I, I i can see how you don't want to be that person to to, to continually to be not necessarily positive but confident in the capability because an outsider would look at that as arrogance and that yeah, tends to be the or stop quite narcissistic or yeah. yeah but people that really suffer with negative self-talk and imposter syndrome honestly they're so far away from ever being narcissistic <laughs> um it, it's um it's just it's so crippling if you're constantly telling yourself um these these negative things about yourself and especially for a creative mind because it's kind of it's a very a very narrow narrow road to be on um when really you want to have um abundance and mm. start believing in yourself because when you start believing in yourself you then have a growth mindset um when was talking about you know you you turn it into a real positive journey mm. instead of being it that I'm not good enough all the time um so that's where it it kind of when you have it really bad it it's very you know you're anxious it, it's it just stops you from really progressing and being the best that you can be mm. because you're just constantly telling yourself that you're not yeah. um so um yeah so I my my also my experience of it was um you know Sitting in, so I was in the design industry, a fashion industry, um, you know, going over to Premier Vision in, um, which is a big fabric fair in, in Paris. And I used to like li literally approach the exhibition, sweating, anxiety, worrying about 
I'm not good enough to be here. I just, I just want to leave. I, 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 I'm just really anxious and I'm not worthy enough and everyone else is better than me. And I'm just about to walk into the doors where thousands of other designers that I know are also there. And it's just, uh, it's just a really awful feeling to have that heightened anxiety about yourself all the time. Mm. And if you know, if you know that you're doing it, it's, and be aware that you can change your mindset. You can Mm. change the way that you think about yourself. Um, because we have neuroplasticity in our, in our brains and you can change the pathways of that record of that default negative mindset that you have and that that's what we work on yeah and it's that that takes time right you know in terms yeah. of changing habits and behaviors yeah, I mean, yeah. getting rid I was, of old beliefs i was sharing win my my run this morning my 5k run you know and he was kind of like maybe laughing a little bit but it does take a while to go yeah. i need to wake yeah. up and run today you know and the minute you kind of the way I look at kind of New Year's resolutions and things, it's the minute the, the one day you go, I'm not going to do it today. You all of a sudden you haven't done it for three days. Yeah, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm waking up an hour later than I was before. And so you could within a within a time frame, you you've done that good work over a couple of days, but within the week, you're back yeah. to you're back to the back to, you're back to zero so again. Is it a little really, bit like that? With it's a really good thing, Brad, that you've just explained there because the brain is like a muscle so when I work with people and we work on a toolkit um, and and it's a toolkit that enables them to overcome this feeling that they have of this inner critic so but it is a muscle and you the the way that you um, change the neuroplasticity, change that record in the head is to keep on it every day, like going mm. to the gym, like that six pack, you have to keep working on it. So your brain, see it as a six pack. I'm going to keep working at changing this mindset every minute of the day until it becomes autopilot. Mm. Okay. So the 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 if you have a week off of it, again you need to then quit. You need to go back to it. So mm. it is really hard because that's where people give up. Yeah, it's because yeah. they feel that it's too hard. But it has to become when you're changing the mindset. Is it has to become habit. When it becomes habit, then it's it's in its natural, it naturally starts to think of the positive things about yourself. Yeah. Okay. Instead of defaulting. So you it you have to you have to put things in it to allow that to happen. So yeah. when your critic, I mind sits on my shoulders. When your critic tells you something negative about yourself so let's have a scenario your boss gives you a project okay so I would have in the past gone oh my god like I haven't even read the project I've already made a decision that I possibly won't be able to do it I don't even know what the project is yet because that's my inner critic already starting to tell me so and 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 you you literally have to then go well, you have to become aware of it. That's the first thing. And then go, oh, okay, here it is. It's my inner critic telling me already that I won't be able to do this brief already. Mm. So you actually have to start having a conversation with this 
inner critic in your head and you have to start acknowledging it and then yeah. you have to give it other options okay yeah. because at the minute it's controlling you it's then going to tell you something else the reason why you can't do it and again it's that going down the rabbit hole and then it builds up as a big you're building the snowball up it builds it, it suddenly becomes out of control you're playing something out in your mind that hasn't even happened yet you haven't even read the brief. You haven't read the project, but already you've played it out that you can't do it. Hmm. You need to give it some actual options to go stop. I'm not allowing you to go down the rabbit hole. I'm not going to allow you to go down there. I am worthy enough to do this project. I'm employed for a reason. I'm already here. I have already done projects that are just as big as this one I've already done this like you literally have to give it evidence hmm. and yeah. then go and then it will stop yeah. the evidence. Uh, what are some of the risks of 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 having imposter syndrome to a certain degree if, if, it, if you are letting it build up or maybe yeah. you've kind of acknowledged oh you know what I yeah, I've I've certainly had times where I've gone, oh, I'm, oh I feel a bit negative, <laughs> you know, or you know, or it's like um, for me when I if I look back to my my previous job that I was at, it's one of the reasons why I left. Actually, was it's a bit of a negative environment. This like everyone's yeah. constantly there's no positivity in the office. There's no positivity in the people around me, and so yeah. I'm just a, effectively I'm a, a manifestation of that environment yeah. to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. And I can imagine maybe is that similar with imposter syndrome? Yeah, where... and, can you, and can you imagine what that environment's doing for you as somebody that's already in the default of, 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 an, of a negative mindset? Yeah. So yeah. You, you got you go on a lunchtime walk and you know you're talking, oh, you know, he isn't performing, or you know, you just oh, I can't believe they haven't sorted this out, and it's a really small, yeah. trivial thing. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't sorted the printer out or something like that and you kind of and then it ruins your whole lunchtime and you go is it and yeah. i can imagine it's just like if, if you're surrounded by positivity to a certain extent yes that yes. surely and, that helps and right that, and that uh, the growth mindset that even when you have a challenge is well but what an exciting challenge yeah, yeah? Like the fear and excitement presents itself in the body the same. The emotions yeah. that you feel from it are the same. The butterflies you get from fear is the same, you know, it's, but it, you got to see it as um, an experience of, well, I can't wait to do this. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's with, with negative self-talk, it's, 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 being aware of it is one thing yeah like that 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 is amazing because some people aren't aware that they have it and then having the toolkit to stop it from going down the rabbit hole because can you imagine you said like you know what what would be the problems of having imposter syndrome and negative self-talk how much space in your brain you're giving up to something that may not happen mm. may not have happened mm. And you're giving it so much time and space um, and you've played it out. All that negativity in your brain, when actually you could be thinking of something way more positive and contributing more positively to that brief than its negativity. Mm. And it's it's it could lead to, you know, I got anorexia from it, my perfectionism. 
anxiety, get depression, uh, you're not living in the present, and then it burnt me out. That's mm. what it done. That's what it that's what it done to me. Now, if somebody at art college, when I was at art college, had a little word with me and said, you may experience negative chatter and imposter syndrome in your creative career. This is what it kind of looks like. And this is what you need to do to it if you're if it presents itself. Oh my God, I think my life might have been very different. Mm. I was, if I was told this is what happens and this is what you could do with that, this is what your brain's doing to it. I think, I think a lot more creatives would have a much more happier and more fulfilling career. Yeah. And do you, and do you think this, this, um, I'm sure when you'll agree, we're more kind of solutions people than problems people, right? Mm. We want to kind of solve as many problems as, as possible in relation to this what what i suppose there's, there's two sides right there's that kind of more tangible kind of day-to-day stuff that, mm-hmm. that that you know if you are experiencing something or you think you might be experiencing it that can that can help but it's also like for the next generation of people that potentially experience mm-hmm. it, like how do we set up an infrastructure that, oh my prevent, pre- that, that prevents this kind of thing yeah. happening? Does, does it start at university is that is that is it or, or secondary I mean, school even where does it where does it start oh. For generally at secondary school, wouldn't that be amazing? Can you imagine all those, all those, you know, kids that are going through the GCSEs and even like the 11 plus even, um, but um, definitely at least at uni, at least mm. at the art colleges, you know, especially for creatives, because we are very delicate people, us creatives, we're very delicate. And I think if it was taught at art college and more people were talking about it in general, mm. I think it would become more acceptable to talk about it and know that there's help out there. But at the minute, it's a bit of a stigma. Nobody really likes to talk about it. My clients are like art directors. Mm. Like I'm saying like even people at the top of their game are my clients. So mm. it's not, it, it's something that, it, but they would never be able to admit it to anyone. It's a, they would a, never it's a bit of a shame. It's a bit of embarrassment. Shame. The, yeah. Absolutely. I don't want to be judged. Yeah. How can I admit that I've got all these thoughts going through my head? Yet, if seven out of 10 people have it, your boss probably has it. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, and I love that because when I do that in a talk, people do sort of look around and sort of think, well, who's got it then? Because <laughs> if seventy percent of us have got it, my God! So just think, your boss and their boss probably have it, but nobody talks about it. Hmm. So with a massive statistic, why aren't people talking about it, and why isn't there help? And that's why I knew I had to come back into the creative industry and know that that there is help out there. In you know, with no shame, in in a safe environment i mean when when where have you ever thought you know maybe you know the people that are listening to this that are really suffering with this that there was ever a place or someone that you could go to to actually speak about this without somebody thinking that you are absolutely a nutter you know and you're not a nutter because honestly i've been there i've worked through it i know the results that i 
have with my clients I know it works because I wouldn't be sitting here Brad having pivoted my career um speaking to you guys about this if I hadn't worked through my imposter syndrome because I wouldn't be able to be here now mm-hmm. um so I know it works and um yeah I just w- I just want more people to know and I want you know like agencies to know that have a look around you might not be suffering from it yourself, but many of your senior creatives, your directors, will probably be experiencing it. Yeah. And what are these, you know, whether it's just use agencies as an example, or even just educational institutes, institutions, universities, all that kind of stuff? What is it about those environments that is creating that imposter syndrome? Because naturally you're a reflection of your environment to a certain degree, right? So, you know, when I look at, again, going out to sports and look at, you know, when sports teams are doing well, I look at the environment that they're creating and the cultures they're creating and you can see why they're doing really well. So if, if, what can business if people are listening to this now that may heads heads of design or whatever like what can you do in your own environment that can reduce the risk of your members of staff having imposter syndrome absolutely so actually i'm going to call him out i know he won't mind it so james at blonde okay so i james has been amazing um i went into blonde to do a talk on this subject and James does not suffer with imposter syndrome. So isn't it great that somebody would still um, understand, though, that some of his staff members, some of his team might possibly have it. So um, he heard about me because somebody he knew was one of my clients. So he kind of uh, knew a bit about what I do and the results of what I do. So I done a talk at Blonde and um, James was amazing he said if anyone wants to speak to Susan have coaching let her know and um, he was great he he contributed and um, so it was a very safe environment he doesn't know who came who 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 I'm coaching um but totally gathered his team together to listen to the talk and um I just thought I just thought that that was such Mm. that's the way um in the future that agencies you know these very modern thinking agencies and leaders um are dealing with mental health and that's the way to do it yeah we we sometimes you know <laughs> you look at company benefits it says you know you've got a bit of a gym membership discount but yeah. in terms of the mental health of your staff you. uh, because, what... because the creatives you know we we're using our minds that's where we get our inspirations from so if it's if it's if you're constantly telling yourself that you can't do it and you're not good enough um and then understand why that is and that you can work through it you can switch the mindset like that's got to be the biggest benefit to that individual and the company that that they work for Mm. but it also gets because I come in and do the talk it gets it gets the team talking about it as well. Mm. And that creates an environment that people then help one another, you know? It's mm. like, let's talk about it. Because mm. most people have it. You know, you're not, there's not going to be one person in the 
in the office that has it. So that that's what I think we should be doing. The mm. people at the top talking about it. I also have um, another creative director that actually openly and honestly talks to his team about his imposter syndrome. And that's incredible. Mm. So it's things like that, getting talking about it. Showing the vulnerability to a certain extent. Absolutely. I love vulnerable leaders. To me, they're mm. the best leaders. Mm. To, to know that they're very transparent because people that have imposter syndrome and negative self-talk, they're perfectionists. They are at the top of their game. So mm. it's not like they're not. They are They are the very best. People that have imposter syndrome work far harder um, than people that don't because we always feel that we're not good enough. So mm. you work late, you work harder, you always feel that, that you're on the back foot. So you're always working harder. So they will be the very best designers in your team that will have it. Because mm. you happen to justify your existence, you know, to yes. uh, to, to a set to a certain Absolutely. extent did you have yeah. any did you have any questions when or um yeah i think <clears throat> you know i've been reflecting on everything you've said today uh tonight and and my thoughts this afternoon as well and i think um yeah it's it's all it's all very uh true i think i've, I've kind of experienced it i've experienced people with it um i think kind of from a, i guess a, yeah, a positive way of thinking i think personally i kind of I don't like hearing lots of words around syndromes. I kind of, I personally want to flip things and I kind of go, right, it's, it's a learning opportunity. Oh my God, absolutely. So you're going into a role. There's great things that can come from, from this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that kind of approach of kind of going, right, you're here to learn. And, and I think the best thing about the design and engineering and we all, and researchers, we all work together is that collaborative nature of, 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 kind of being able to put your hand up and I think it comes with age is to kind of go I don't know how to do that or I haven't done that for years mm. um that's not what that's not what I'm good at and I think one of the the things that you know a lot of people will look outside of the industrial design kind of industry or community maybe and go there's a lot of industrial designers who want to be a a Johnny Ive. They want to be a particular person, this kind of a perfect designer. And I've not met one. I've never met one designer who I would go, that person is better than other ones that I've met. There's various mm. skills, but mm. what they have in certain respects, they don't have in others. And 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 so I think one of the things that the design industry, and I think things like, you know, Instagram, we have a, a portfolio kind of page called Behance, hmm. you know, LinkedIn is driving this as well. And when you've got quite, um, I guess, top tier universities, there's, there's this kind of competition and hmm. there's kind of, to be honest, bullshit around <laughs> what this, what this perfect industrial designer is like yeah. some people think that they actually want to be a johnny ive and it's yeah. going we, we like, put people honestly, on the pedestal don't we of like they're great they've won all the awards they're amazing yeah but, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and i think that whole thing of just kind of going like the only person and it's all it's all a comparison thing which is why you know yeah. I'm, I'm not really on social media than linkedin from time to time but to me it's a comparison thing and for me it's the only person you have to kind of think about is yourself and yeah, and it, and and how you can improve and, yeah. and I think that's yeah. kind of going, 
you know, what can you do today that you've didn't do yesterday and improve in, in that respect? And I think that's that's the kind of yeah, that's that approach. But I think in design, um in a previous role, you know, sometimes I thought it was a it was a bit cringy, to be honest, where we could get together at the start of a meeting and it, it would get kind of a bit email right people would kind of go we check in how is everybody before we start our meeting and it got a bit repetitive well, this is a bit strange like i just want to get in and solve this problem but the ability just to kind of check in with people that you're working in that team to kind of go how are you going how are you feeling about this and i think those kind of those opportunities to kind of have chats with those various people were then i guess like that was a kind of like a fundamental level and the second level and beyond that was kind of discussing kind of like you said those vulnerabilities what do you look like when you're angry uh you know what what are those kind of various kind of emotions how do they represent themselves in yourself so that you know you might look at someone i've got a very frowny face right people think i'm a very angry looking person right but i, I i've hoped to think i'm not right i hope i think i'm quite approachable and accessible but my face because maybe i'm concentrating on something is looking very different and i think that those perceptions we have around people um is is I think an important thing to discuss, and I think being open of kind of going just to let you know um, when I'm stressed, I'm like this. When I'm happy, I'm like this. When I'm proud, I feel like this. And it's I think those conversations um, they they seem to be happening more and more. They never used, never used to happen twenty years ago in a male dominated industrial product design, mechanical engineering type of surroundings that just would not happen uh, and i think that the influx of uh, uh, certainly more females into the industry has 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 brought this more um i guess empathic kind of approach to to conversations um working in a balanced workplace i think those those types of things where people are, are more open to having those conversations and i think the thing that that in particular companies need to realize now as well is that like a salary is a salary most industrial designers are pretty much doing the same job, right? But designing was a thing to solve a problem for a user. But the culture between companies, that's what companies are essentially almost competing on now, mm -hmm. is, is that career progression, that ability to understand where is someone in their, in their career kind of ladder, how can we help them, how can we help them develop, Um and yes, they're doing their project work, but I think I think those companies that um, that that show that they're caring for those people in a, in a deep way yeah. that I think are are the companies that that ultimately people want to stay at and people flourish. And I think that's mm. that's kind of what 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 I've what I've noticed in particular, particularly with with the younger people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've got this next generation coming through to the work yeah. workplace. Now. I was just on a, yeah. a couple of meetings earlier today with just different people within the universities and things and just you know talking to them and going how you know how are you getting on and all that kind of stuff and yeah, it's just you know it's a bit of a challenge at the minute we've got different generation they've had a different they've had a different kind of life experience over the last couple of years and and so they're already acknowledge, acknowledging i suppose that it's going to be a different transition for the, for these students to enter the workspace maybe than the generations before and so it wouldn't surprise me that these that, that definitely some more kind of forward thinking universities think okay well what are the what are the things we can do and actually kind of chatting around imposter syndrome yeah. and yeah. it's probably it, as part of the curriculum to a certain degree is yeah. is, oh, is, is so it's so so important and we are it is becoming now 
you know, it, people are talking about things a lot more. You know, you've got your Stephen Bartlett's, your diary of your CEO, your Jay Shetty's and your um, high performance podcast. You know, a lot more people are talking about these things. So, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're on a start of a new thing now where mm. it's acceptable to talk about these things and it is acceptable to talk uh, to be vulnerable. Mm. Um, and I think being vulnerable is amazing. You know, it's one of the days of this stiff upper lip army training, you know, you can't show your emotions and, you know, it, it, it it's, it, we've had suicides in the creative industry because people have kept this feeling mm. in and you know i i went for drinks the other day with a, a, um, a somebody quite high up in the fashion industry and um when i told her what i did now she actually burst into tears and went oh my god i had imposter syndrome all my life and i looked at her and i thought someone of your caliber and she went, I just, I just, it, honestly, her hairs on my, on my arms come up when I talk about it. But she was like, I just wish somebody had, had explained it to me. Hmm. And then I was like, well, there we go. Times have changed now and things have got to change. Yeah, it's really. I've got, I've got another question, actually, sorry, around uh, one of my ones I was thinking about on the, the tube home today was, I guess, when people either get promoted or they go to a, a role, maybe a different company, but it's a, it's that step up. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things, you know, I've just something that was on LinkedIn this afternoon was around kind of like, you don't have to meet all of the requirements no. of a job description. And I was just wondering that like, when I guess people, I mean, we talk about these high performance podcasts, everyone can measure everything these days, right? With various sensors, but it's kind mm -hmm. of like where, it's kind of going this measurement of like when you start a new role, like you're not almost expected to ace everything on it right away. And, and I'm just wondering, is there is there something in the core of that where that that it's almost like I don't know, like I've I've been asked to do this thing and I can only do two thirds of it. The other bits I've got to learn. And I'm just wondering, Susan, is there something in that that almost is at the core of? a lot of these yeah kind of, uh, I, I think things. it's um, I think you're right nobody's going to go and have a look at a job sheet there's going to be something you've not done or you've got to go and do but do you know what somebody with a negative mindset and imposter syndrome would, uh, would go they wouldn't apply would they yeah can't apply for that I'm out of the 10 things that I'm them required to do, I can't actually do one of them. So there's no way. Mm. You will home in on that one thing that you can't do and not the nine other things that you can do, okay? Mm. So somebody with a negative mindset will, won't go for that job. Whereas if you can work with that and go, well, hang on a minute, I actually do nine of those things and I've only there's only one thing that I've got to go and learn – how amazing is that mm. i've got nine things so it's switching that mindset and going do you know what i can't wait to learn that one thing that i don't need to that i don't know yet i mm. can't wait to go and learn it i can't wait to go and grow myself into learning about something because we're forever learning the very best of, of forever learning we're never going to reach the top because who wants to reach the top and then go nowhere? 
We need to forever be learning. We need to forever mm. be on that journey. Um, but it is with a negative mindset. You might not go for that job. And actually, you're probably the perfect candidate for that job. It's mm. only you can see that one thing that you can't do. It's switching the mindset to go, I can do nine of the things and I can't wait to learn about that one thing I can't. Yeah. I'm just wondering, Brad, sorry, if if, if there was like a situation where um... – you know, a real honesty around the candidates and applicants for, for various design roles out there. If they were actually to put their hands up and go, like, you know, uh, this is what, what you want. I feel I'm excellent at these, but I want, I know that I can do a little bit these because, you know, there's, um, I think Brad will, will see, see this more than anywhere. Typically, most designers, young designers, will put five stars or rate themselves out of five stars yeah. on probably the top five design skills or, or software packages, which, most of them put four or five genuinely <laughs> uh in in all really? they know two or three. exactly <laughs> exactly and i remember we had a placement student actually once and at the end of his placement student he added five more stars and he went <laughs> i actually know now where i am and and to be honest that was like do you know what this guy came in with a quite a big ego and by the end of it he was going do you know what the humility of kind of going you know it's not about me being a superstar. It's about me being a team player, and yeah. and I think the honesty of kind of going, yeah, I'm not, I'm maybe I'm not acing that. But I just wonder about it. Like, can you can you imagine that as a slight culture change within yes. how you talk to? Yeah, yeah. It'd be nicer, yeah, because you can. Yeah. yeah, I don't like egos, but you do get it sometimes with me. You kind of go, hmm, I'm not too sure about this person in, in the sense of yeah, maybe the just the way they're coming coming across probably. Yeah. isn't 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 right and and i, I but yeah you know, I, I the way i even just thinking about kind of job descriptions and things kind of rewording you know that you've got the bullet points haven't you of like essential requirement mm-hmm. and really kind of breaking that down and going well this isn't essential for now this isn't essential for a year's time this is the essential yeah. and, and quite a lot yeah. what quite a lot of the times with jobs I, one of the questions i ask to 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 most clients and not actually many of them can give you a really good answer but what does the job look like in two years time what does yeah. the job look like in five years' time? And it's those kind of things where you kind of go, well, actually, well, maybe they don't need to be as good at SolidWorks right now because they'll be here for six months and, you know, they yeah. can get a little bit better at it, all that kind of stuff. So um, just a different kind of language, I suppose, yeah. is yeah, yeah, would, yeah. Would, it would, in, would encourage uh, uh, someone to, to apply that might feel, actually, you know what, I've seen that person's work on Behance that works for, let's say, it's not PDD, let's say it's someone else. And, or oh, I don't know if I'm of the right level to work there. I feel like I'm inferior before I apply. But if you just go, yeah. look, you know what? You don't actually need to learn this bit of software right now. We'll teach you. As Absolutely. long as you've got the, yeah. the positive attitude and the, the yes. mindset, yeah. You know, yeah. We, we can help you. So, yeah. And it, it is all about that mindset. And mm. that's what it is. It's knowing that, you know, you, you're not going to know everything. Yeah. But think that's a negative thing that's going to stop you from doing something mm, because you might know something that someone else doesn't know right absolutely another thing that I really work with with people um especially with people that have negative self-talk about themselves is you tend to find that they can't take compliments so mm. you, you mentioned it Brad. <laughs> I'm awful at it <laughs> um, you find people that um, truly don't believe in themselves um, really can't take compliments. They can't take um, um, that they don't think they're worthy enough because it actually hasn't sunk into them that they are worthy enough because 
even though maybe their boss keeps telling them, it's not sinking in. So it's working through, I call it my me file. Um, I work with clients to truly start to connect to themselves to, you know, without sounding too woo-woo, is to sort of like start to appreciate and love and love themselves hmm. first. Um, and that's really hard for some people. Yeah. Is that an act, is that an action, an actionable thing that everyone can do, Susan? Like, if, yeah, I think it's if, you've, if you've just if you've just listened to this and you think, well, I want to do something about this. What what yeah. is a what is a me file effectively? What, it's what, what actually is it? start building up um, um, things of all your achievements that you've got. Because as I say, a lot of people they get the accolade, and it it goes over their head. They can't hmm. take that in okay so um you know you you have to understand that you are worthy of all those things because you've actually got the achievements like literally sitting there but you just haven't accepted them you haven't taken them in Mm. and then I and then you you have what I call a me file that is all those things that prove that you are good enough yeah so when your inner critic starts to have a go at you when this project lands on your desk and you instantly start going down the rabbit hole you can actually go no hang on a minute I've got evidence that I am good enough because I've got this I've got this I've got this now what's in your me file is totally up to you what's in it um but it's evidence to tell your inner critic that you are good enough for it it's just you don't you have to really work on that connection of understanding and believing in yourself that you are good enough and Mm. that's that's really hard and that's where I really work really close with someone on where did that belief come from that you're not good enough what do we need to do about it how long do you want to keep believing it for is this ruining your career your life how do you do you still want it to be there what do you need to do going forward with it then and Mm. that's that's what you work on yeah Brilliant. So I'm a little bit mindful of time. It's um, it's a, it's an eight, it's an eight o'clock recording It's an eight o'clock recording for us, which is unusual. I've, I've, Sorry, I've my, United, my United's not on, so it's, uh, it's not well. When I'm, you know, I'm doing five k runs now, so I'll be a bit tired by quarter past nine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm getting, I'm getting older now. But um, look, just to kind of uh, wrap things up, I guess, is anyone that that, that follows. Uh, design truth or is just generally aware of it we're kind of running kind of training sessions now which have been really interesting with our first one um about a week and a half ago now in in london with with, with liam martin over at uh at Noscom trent and um we kind of split them into three camps one of them being the more the creative stuff one of them being the more commercial things we're doing a training on how to start a design agency i can imagine the imposter syndrome is oh, <laughs> you know within agency founders must be huge yes. and then yeah. Three, thanks to the kind of connection to Susan and everything, we're kind of looking at things from like a well-being angle as well as like an extension of that kind of training. Mm. So, and if you are kind of listening to this today and maybe thinking about, you know, what kind of well-being budget I got for my staff, or you know, I'm, I'm really mindful that maybe some of my staff are kind of being impacted by this, then just let just let us know, and we can, um, you know, as yeah. a building community. I think part of that building a community is is actually the health of the people within it, and I think that's maybe the slight difference to to what we offer is we actually care, you know, if people are having a good time and they're and they're happy and yeah. they're enjoying themselves, right? So that's yeah. an extension yeah. of what we're, we're trying to do. So hopefully you've kind of resonated with what susan 
Uh, yeah. So today you'll be hearing more from that. With it, it it will trigger a few things. It, yeah. they, they'll know. Hopefully some <laughs> hopefully some studio chatter uh, today. And but um, like anything, I'd imagine it's one of those things where it takes a lot of confidence, right? To to actually start talking about it, you know, even yeah. particularly in front of other people, even if it's just to, to find find yeah. that one person you can talk to about it, and 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 then build up that, yeah. that confidence. Yeah, but even if you don't feel that you can talk openly about it, it's knowing it's just knowing, Brad, that there are you 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 can go and talk about it mm. in a safe place to mm. someone. And when have you ever been able to sit down and have a session with someone to talk about your inner critic and your feelings of imposter syndrome yeah. in a safe environment that's totally confidential? Yeah. Nothing goes back to the to the boss at yeah. all. Nothing. It's between me and the client. Yeah. So um, that alone, and just to offload those thoughts that you have about yourself and to work through them and to turn them into a positive more a growth mindset um it just makes life so much lighter yeah yeah cool do you want to just fi- finish it off win uh, you can no no just, i think the whole the whole thing is it's 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 a brilliant topic um i think it's just something we just need to make make sure everyone has a conversation about it i think um no, no one probably listening to this probably works on their own they work with somebody um mm. or even if they've got partners you know like my partner's you know, phenomenally supportive when when i have doubtful doubtful you know, thoughts and it's yeah. and, and vice versa and, and it's those situations where i think it's just um um yeah, it's just it's a yeah. it's, it's an interesting era that we're going through. I yeah, think, I with, think where, so. where people I, people doing this. When when I first started um, doing this, my um, when somebody asked me what would success look like in doing this, it would it was um, this was a year and a half ago sitting down in a design agency talking to people about my experiences of imposter syndrome and getting the room that when I left they would start talking about it. And that's success to me. And that's fantastic. Happened. Yeah, if you that's just help 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 one person, right? That's the kind yeah. of thing where you know you don't have you don't, you don't have to help everyone. Just that one person, and then you. Yeah. You've, but I have, um, you know, around that table, quite a lot of them do have it, and and I am coaching them. And I think it's I think you know you know they don't know who one another are, mm. um, but it, it's a big statistic of that table that come so it's real thank you for listening if you want to hear more about what we do at design truth then head over to www.designtruth.co.uk see you next time